The NBA playoffs so far have been absolutely amazing to watch, but is there a team in the playoffs that you should be watching that the Pistons could possibly be copying their offense in the future? Stay tuned to what team I'm talking about in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. 50% of you guys who watch these videos are not subscribed. We're on our way to 10,000 subscribers. So please hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Or you can leave us a five-star review on whatever, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. In today's episode, later on, we'll do an update on the Pistons coaching search. Some of the names that we've heard are in, in the process of being interviewed with the Pistons. Um, and then also later on, even later on in the podcast, former Pistons everywhere. Former Pistons everywhere. How are some former Pistons doing in the playoffs? Why are there so many? Uh, we'll talk about that later on, too. Um, but the first thing I want to talk about, man, I want to say the NBA playoffs so far have been absolutely amazing. I, I'm recording this at the end of the Philadelphia 76ers-Brooklyn Nets game. Harden just got ejected. Uh, but my overall point is the playoffs have been absolutely fantastic. I, so many good games. I've had so much fun watching them. So much fun. And one of the series that I think has been one of the more fun series to watch so far is the Sacramento Kings versus the Golden State Warriors. And it's been just a, a beautiful, so far, two games of just beautiful offense on both sides. Just absolutely beautiful offense. And I'm going to shout out this this basketball channel. Channel You guys have probably heard of it. Thinking Basketball. He does a ton of great stuff. A ton of great content. Breaking down the game. Diving into the film. Uh, he, he, a great, great channel. But his last video, he dives into the Sacramento Kings offense. And he talks about how this could possibly be the future offense that we're seeing uh we'll see in the NBA and it got me thinking after watching that video and what I've seen from the Kings is that the offense that the Pistons should be looking to copy the NBA is a copycat league a lot of people would say that the NBA has eventually has basically at this point caught up to the Warriors and have copied the Warriors and what they did from 2015 to 16 somewhat um but wherever it's at the NBA is full of just copying each other. It, it, someone starts a trend, someone figures something out, then all the other teams catch up, they copy it, and then the next team finds something new, and then the uh, same thing happens over and over. I, I encourage you guys to go watch Thinking Basketball's video, but without watching that video, if you haven't already, I think the Pistons should be looking at possibly building the offense the same way the Sacramento Kings built their offense, and this is how they built it. They have a center on their team, and Debonis Sabonis, who is an absolutely fantastic passer. And they run him at the high post, and they run a ton. Not just the high post, top of the key somewhat too. But just they run a ton of dribble handoffs through him. Just it absolutely, they run it. They, they run dribble handoffs to death over and over, featuring him. And surrounding him. I'm sure you guys will say, oh, well, they got De'Aaron Fox. Well, the Pistons have Kate Cunningham. 
Um, oh, the, 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 what do the Kings do? They just have a bunch of shooting on the floor. Yeah, they have a bunch of shooting, but what Thinking Basketball pointed out in his video, which I think is what lent itself to the Pistons being so well, relevant in this, is that they have each player out there that's with Nemanis Sabonis, each player out there can attack the creation made on the DHO and create down going downhill for themselves and for others. All of them. All of them can do it. Harrison Barnes can do it. Kevin Herter can do it. De'Aaron Fox can do it. Malik Monk can do it. Davion Mitchell can do it to a lesser extent. Like, they have so many players on that roster that it's not just the coming off of DHO, either shoot or now I'm screwed, I got to pass it and run around. Like, each one of those guys that they run these DHOs with, they they can take it, they can shoot off the DHO, they can attack downhill off the DHO, they can attack downhill off the, off the DHO and find someone open, they can find the roller open, they can get to the rim and finish. And it's just so lethal when you combine that with spacing everywhere too. If you're running a five out or a four out offense with a DHO and each one of these guys can space the floor, and each one of these guys can get to, all the way to the rim and collapse the defense, it's, it's, they're literally stretching the defense out so far it's damn near impossible to stop them. And it's why the Sacramento Kings, according to offensive rating, has the best offense in NBA history. And why we've seen them put on just a beautiful display of offense in the first round matchup against the Golden State Warriors. So why is that? Why, why do I say the Pistons should copy that? Well, I feel like their building blocks so far resemble that. They have Duran, who is an incredible passer for his age. I think he's only going to get better as he, as he gets older. We've seen him this season... Uh, Detroit Bad Boys writer Jack Kelly, he put out a thread on Twitter of all some some of the best passes from Duran's season. He's a, a tremendous passer, and they ran a lot of stuff with him at the high post. Not enough for me. I feel like they should have done it even more throughout this season and ran even more DHOs this season with them. Hopefully we see it next year. But he's completely capable of doing so. That's why he gets some of the BAM comparisons, because he's such a great passer, and so is BAM. So... They have the passer at the five position. They have that passer, the guy you can run DHOs with from the high post, hit backdoor cuts, run DHO handoffs. Like, he, he can do that. And then their two building blocks, their two best players right now are Kay Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. And what do those two guys do? They are great at getting to the rim. They are great at creating advantage for themselves. They are great at creating advantages for others. And if you create an advantage for them, like in a DHO, if you give them a head start, and let them attack a retreating defense or a shaken defense, they can shred you. So they got two guards already that do that. And they potentially could be getting another one in Scoot Henderson if they get number two. If they get two and they have those three guards, they'll have three high-level ball handlers that can get downhill, that can get to the rim, that can create for others. If you run that with a space floor, like a, uh, at the four position, you run, let's say, a Cam Johnson or something. You run a Cam Johnson if they get him in the free agency... With Durant at the five, you space out the entire floor. You run DHOs to death. You run DHOs and pick and rolls to death and create off of it over and over and over. You hopefully have to depend on Kay Cunningham developing as a shooter and getting to where people thought he was before uh, he got to the NBA where he was like a 40% shooter in college. But I think the Pistons, as of right now, with their top three guys, have the makings to be able to pull that off. Especially if they were to get Scoot Henderson in the draft, or maybe even one of the other guys in the draft, one of the Thompson twins, possibly. I, they could do that. They could do that. And if they want to build that way, and they get enough spacing around that, and they build that type of offense, not only do I think they they would have the personnel with their top guys and Ivy, Cade, and Duran to pull it off offensively, I think maybe they could have an even higher ceiling 
defensively than Sacramento. Sacramento, as we know throughout the regular season, was not good defensively. They've been better in the playoffs, to be honest. It's actually been pretty cool to see. But throughout the, all, throughout the regular season, they were not good at defense at all. The Pistons, however, on the other end, their main guy, Kay Cunningham, projects to be a much better defender than De'Aaron Fox on a night-to-night basis. Jalen Duran projects to be a much better defender than Abantis Sabonis currently is and I think will ever be. So that right there, I think, gives them a higher ceiling potentially on defense if they want to go uh, Duran and then four out around him with guys like that. And then depending on the guys they get at the three and four, I think they could be a better defensive team than the Kings while also running the same type of offense as the Kings with... I don't want to say better players because De'Aaron Fox is, is insane. Um, but we all think Cage going to be a, a damn superstar. So you could r- run that eventually with your superstar. Maybe even Jane Ivey becomes an all-star type of player. And then whoever you get at the top of this draft, if, the, if it's another guy who can ball handle and create going downhill, the Pistons could potentially build an, a, a crazy offense if they go that route. The NBA is about pace and space now. Create as much space for guys and have guys that can create with that space for others and for themselves. And their three main guys can do that. Add another top pick, get some spacing in the offseason, and the Pistons could be cooking offensively. Again, with a higher ceiling that you project on the defensive end too. So, it's a copycat league. I think if you watch the Sacramento Kings offense, and then again, if you watch Thinking Basketball's video, I'm, I'm recommending all of you guys to go look up YouTube, Thinking Basketball's last video on the Sacramento Kings offense in this series and in this, in this whole regular season. I'm telling you, not only do I think the Pistons should be looking at this, trying to build their offense around that, I think he's right. I think in a few years, you're going to see most NBA teams running this type of offense, running this type of game, because it's damn near unstoppable. It's damn near unstoppable. And if you have the right parts, maybe even better parts on the wing or in, in, defensively than the Kings do, you could have a higher ceiling than they do. It's, 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 the Pistons are one of the teams out there that can do it. And that's part of why... So many people are interested in even adding Scoot to a team with already two guards because then you'll have three high-level ball handlers on your team that can create for themselves and for others, and that's something that I don't think any other team in the entire NBA has. And the Pistons could get them with that and jumpstart and get ahead of everyone else. It, it, it's interesting, man. It's incredibly interesting. That's one of the, my biggest takeaways so far from watching the NBA playoffs, man. So let me know what you guys think. Have you been watching the playoffs? Have you guys been watching the Kings? What do you guys think about my takeaway? Do you guys think the Pistons should be trying to copy... The Kings offense, you guys think they have the, the, the budding potential or budding uh, a personnel to be able to pull that off? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Cooker Hill. Coming up, we're going to review what's been going on with the Detroit Pistons coaching search thus far. So stay tuned for that. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Nissan. So Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And obviously the Pistons are no longer playing, so you probably are asking, Koo, who's the player of the week this week? Well, you guys remember last week I gave it to all of you guys for suffering through the Pistons season and continuing to support the channel and continuing to support the the Pistons throughout this year. However, I can't give it to you guys back-to-back weeks, so this week's Nissan's most electric player of the week I'm going to be giving to a former Piston in the NBA. From now on, I think that's what we're going to be doing. Look at former Piston players in the playoffs and see who deserves the Nissan's most electric player of the week. And I'm giving it to Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard had a great game two for the Memphis Grizzlies. His, his, his jumper is just so pure, so elegant. 
it, it, it's 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 amazing. He would do so so many good things for the Pistons if he was still on the team. But he was a part of the Memphis Grizzlies taking down the Los Angeles Lakers without John Morant, without Stephen Adams, without uh, Brandon Clark in that game too. Played a really damn good game. Like I said, the stroke is pure. The stroke is elegant. It's it's just amazing to see. So Luke Kennard is my Nissan's most electric player of the week. Brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin-you-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Luke Kennard is this week's Most Electric Player of the Week. Brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. We're on our way to 10,000 subscribers. 50% of you guys who watch these videos are not subscribed, so please hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. It's another great way to support the podcast. All right, so the Pistons coaching search is underway, obviously. They have been without a head coach for about two weeks now. And fun little tidbit right here. Um, fun little tidbit is that Dwayne Casey actually ran into my brothers. Um, my brothers run a gas my, run a gas station. My dad like runs a bunch of gas stations in Southeast Michigan. And one of their gas stations, I forget the city that they're in. I, I want to say Bloomingfield, but I don't know if it's Bloomingfield. I, I'm not. I'm not completely sure. But either way, the gas station that they run, they get. Athletes all the time going to their gas station. They get Dan Campbell showing up. They had, I believe, Sadiq Bey showed up before he got traded. Uh, Marvin Bagley. And Dwayne Casey shows up over and over and over again. They've taken pictures with him. They talk to him all the time. And yesterday, when by the time you guys listen to this, so on 420, Dwayne Casey stopped by the gas station. And he was talking with my brothers again. My brothers called me. He was like, yo, Dwayne Casey's here, blah, blah, blah. And, and they were asking him a bunch of stuff. And they asked him. Are you going to have any input on the coaching this on the on the coaching hire? And he said, yeah. He actually was on his way to a coaching interview from the gas station. That he is going to have input on who's going to be hired. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, Dwayne Casey has a long history, as, obviously as a head coach. He's been around the league for a long time. Um, you'd think that he would he would have a good idea of a, of a head coach. Well, a head coach would be great for the Pistons. Though my, I, I don't want again. I don't want him being like the final decision or anything, or having a real big say. Um, I hope Troy Weaver gets a real brilliant offensive mind, like we just talked about in the first segment. I hope whoever he gets is just a is a really good offensive mind, man. That, that's what I want. Um, so and Dwayne Casey, he's a great person, great leader of men. Defensively was his calling card. His offense was a little stale. His offense was a little stale and wasn't you know. Something that I enjoyed too much. I don't think it's something that the Pistons should be looking for. So that's my only concern with that. But overall, I don't think I think that's fine. He should he should have good input with the Pistons. Um, but he was on his way to a coaching interview. I don't know who he was going to interview, but we have some of the names that are rumored to be interviewing with the Pistons thus far, and it's a large, large amount or a, a lot of names, I should say, um, interviewing with the Pistons. And I told you guys, I believe when the Pistons. When they moved on from Dwayne Casey that week, I told you guys in the podcast that I believe that the Detroit Pistons were going to have a large cast of interviewees for this position. One, so they can get the best guy, obviously. And second, I thought they were going to do favors 
for guys that Weaver is either close with, he's either cool with, or they believe should get like should have their names out there. They don't plan on hiring them, but they want to get their names out there, get them an experience in interviews, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. One of those things that Weaver continues to do, just doing right by people and doing favors for people. And turn, I, I think I've been proven right. That's exactly what they've been doing. They've in, in, they're expected to interview a lot of people here. Here are some of the names: Jerome Allen, assistant with the Pistons, obviously. Rex Kalamian, another assistant with the Detroit Pistons. Um, Jaron Collins, former NBA player, New Orleans Pelicans assistant. Brian Keefe, Brooklyn Nets assistant. Chris Quinn, Miami Heat assistant. Charles Lee Jr., Milwaukee Bucks assistant. Kevin Ali, uh, the, 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 the former coach at UConn, the current coach of the OTE uh, team. And other names that they've shown interest in, Adrian Griffin, um, Ime Udoka, even though they haven't gotten... It doesn't sound like they've requested for an interview with him, but when they first moved on from Dwayne Casey, they did say that, or at least Woj reported that they would have some interest in Udoka. I don't personally believe that. Um, they haven't requested to have any interviews with them, and I don't believe that they are going to be too interested in Udoka. Um, that's just me, though. Uh, anyways, let's, let's just go through some of these guys and give like a brief summary of each one of them. Um so, obviously, I don't think we need to dive too far into Jerome Allen or Rex Kalamian. Uh, we, their assistants with the Pistons, we're very familiar with them. Uh, Rex is the head coach of the Armenian uh, national team. Jerome Allen, I guess something I should be pointing out is that when he came over to the Pistons as an assistant, he was a very highly thought of assistant, and many thought he was going to be leaving Boston for a head coaching job at that point a few years ago in 2021. Turns out he ended up joining the Pistons as an assistant coach. And you guys will remember over the years, I've said before that I wouldn't be shocked if Jerome Allen was the successor to Dwayne Casey. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case now. I don't think that's going to be who they hire. But I do think it's worth mentioning, while I personally would rather the Pistons just clean house with with all the coaching staffs from Dwayne Casey, just clean, clear, uh, clear house and start anew with a whole new scheme, offensively, defensively, new voices, that kind of thing. I, I do want to point out that Jerome Allen, when he came over to the Pistons, was a highly thought of assistant that many thought was going to become a head coach when he left Boston. So just he is a worthy candidate. He, he is highly thought of across the league. Um, Jaron Collins, he's a former NBA player. He's a, a Pelicans assistant. Um, he was also an assistant with Golden State when they won multiple championships. I do like the fact that he has some experience in Golden State with Steve Kerr, with Mike Brown, and the type of offense that they ran over there. Uh, I hope that that's something that could rub, rub off on the Pistons. Um, if you were to join the Pistons, that that's the kind of experience that if you're going to have experience, that's something that I really do like. Because the way Golden State plays offensively is just beautiful. So maybe he can bring some, some of that over to to uh, Detroit if he were to be hired. But that's another guy. Um, Brian Keefe, he's a guy who's had a connection with Troy Weaver going all the way back to OKC. And Kevin Durant speaks highly of him as well. Um, he's a current assistant with the Brooklyn Nets. He's been an assistant with the Los Angeles Lakers and the New York Knicks. Um, so, I, look, I, I don't know much about him right now. Uh, I'll start asking around. Uh, maybe have some people on the podcast to dive into some of these uh, coaching candidates that are from the city that they you know, are fans of or cover the team of whatever assistant coach that they're with. 
Um, but I don't know much about him, but I, knew, I do know that he has a good relationship with Troy Weaver going back many, many years and that Kevin Durant speaks very highly of him. Um, Chris Quinn. Chris Quinn, I told you guys for a while, for last week, he's my number one candidate. That's who I want the Pistons to hire. Chris Quinn, I'm very high on him. Udonis Haslam speaks very high on him. He has been an assistant coach with Eric Spolstra, who I think has a very sound argument as the best coach in the entire NBA. He's been with Spolstra since 2014. He is also a former NBA player. He played 60 years in the entire NBA. If you guys played 2K, you guys probably will remember him. He always had a high three ball. It uh, was like a 70 overall something, but he had a high three ball, so you would like draft him if you played online leagues at the very end, simply because he could shoot. But anyways, he's filled in multiple times as head coach of the Heat. Also, all that combined, he's worked with Bam Adebayo, which is someone who has drawn comparisons with Jalen Duran. They run a lot of stuff through Bam, which going back to the first segment, I really love. He's been under, like I said, one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the NBA, Eric Spolstra, so he's learned a, a crap ton, UD. Udonis Haslam is very high on him. Also, he's the assistant coach for the Miami Heat. An exceptional organization, an exceptionally run organization, franchise, hard-nosed, uh, uh, gets to work, plays hard, practices hard, plays hard. All like th- That kind of organization, combined with all the other stuff I said, uh, along with him being a young head coach, a former NBA player, all that stuff, I, I Chris Quinn is my number one guy. So that, that's, that's how I feel about Chris Quinn. Um... Then you got Charles Lee Jr., the Milwaukee Bucks assistant. He's part of uh, Mike Boonholzer's uh, coaching tree. Bud's coaching tree has been pretty successful. Uh, he's been with Bud for nine years now, uh, going all the way back to Atlanta. So he has a lot of experience underneath Bud, who's a really damn good coach. Won a championship with the Bucks, obviously. So he's another guy. Him and Chris Quinn are my top two candidates uh, for this job as of right now. Um, another former NBA player. So I look, I I, I really like um, I really like Charles Lee Jr. Uh, and then ending it off with Kevin Ollie Jr. I don't have much to say about him. Um, I would not be happy with him as the head coach. Um, go look up some of the things that happened with UConn and 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 how his UConn time went. I'm just out on Kevin Ollie. I think this is just more so doing a doing a favor and getting his name out there. I don't think they'll actually hire him. But that's my quick thoughts on the coaching candidates that we've heard of from right now. We'll dive even further into some of these guys, obviously, further. And when the Pistons make their hiring, obviously, we'll we'll really get deep into whoever it is. Um, but let me know what you guys think. Do you guys like any of the names that I've mentioned? Are there some names that weren't mentioned that you guys think the Pistons should be interested in or should be talking to? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at uh, at Kuka Hill. By the way, if you go on my Twitter and you guys don't see a check mark anymore, you guys can go ahead and thank Elon Musk for taking my check mark away. He's getting away with all the check marks. So good luck trying to figure out who exactly is the real people tweeting. Uh, it's already becoming such a mess on Twitter. But anyways, coming up, former Pistons everywhere. Former Pistons everywhere. What's going on? Why are there so many Pistons in the NBA playoffs? How many are there? Where are they at? Well, I'm going to talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors ebay motors for a championship team it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so the next time you need parts and accessories head to ebay motors with ebay guaranteed fit you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or you will get your money back Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. 
After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply at ebaymotors.com. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. I, I swear to God, if any Piston, or not any Piston, but any playoff game that you watch, I feel like you'll see at least one former Piston out there. Any playoff game. I, I feel like it's guaranteed that you'll see at least one former Detroit Piston on the floor. They're everywhere, man. They're absolutely everywhere. Whether it's one of the Morris twins, whether it's Bruce Brown in Denver playing a really big role for them, whether it's Luke Kennard, who was our Nissan most electric player of the week this week, playing a very key role for the Memphis Grizzlies. You literally will find them everywhere. Trey Lyles with the Sacramento Kings. Like, you'll just, it's Sadiq. In Atlanta, even though Sadiq doesn't count as much, you'll hear why in a second. But uh, you see them everywhere. You you see, and there's some that I haven't even mentioned. There's some I'm probably forgetting and aren't even mentioning. But there's former Pistons all over the place in the NBA playoffs. Oh, it's KCP, yeah, I, KCP for Denver, number one seed. You see them everywhere in the playoffs. What does that say to me? Well, one. I love watching former Pistons in the playoffs succeeding. So I'm rooting for Luke. I'm rooting for Bruce Brown. Um, I'm rooting for KCP. Those are, those are my three guys I'm rooting for. I, I, I have a, I have a, a strong connection to those guys still. Um, all three of those guys I was fans of when they were with the Pistons. So I have strong connections to them. I'm rooting for them. Um, but what I think it says is that over the last 10 years, did the Pistons ever draft a superstar? No. Did they ever draft a legit star. Probably not. I know Andre was all NBA one year, all star two times, um, but he wasn't. I don't think a lot of you guys would consider him a legit star. Um, Andre was probably their best draft pick over the last 20 years, to be dead ass. <laughs> like, he probably was. Um, but there's other parts to building a team, and I think the Pistons did a good job on all the other parts. Their biggest problem was that they just couldn't get the star. And they were able to draft multiple role players, it feels like, nonstop. Whether it was KCP, whether it was Luke Kennard, whether it was Bruce Brown. It, like, just go go down the list. Oh, I mean, they didn't draft this guy, but Reggie Jackson was on a, on a team as recently as last year that was deep into the playoffs. Um, so, it, I think the Pistons did a really good job of drafting legit NBA players. Guys who you know, have future roles in the NBA. And I think, I think that could very well be the case with a lot of the Pistons that are currently on the team that fans will probably, just to be honest, fans will probably push a lot of these guys out because they didn't reach the, you know, expected ceiling of these guys. Some of these guys' ceilings. They end up pushing them out. But in a, but they'll end up going to another team that has a legit star, that has a good roster, and allows them to just fit into a role and contribute. And I think I think that's what's going to happen with a lot of these guys. And I think you've seen that happen with a lot of other former Pistons. The Pistons struggled to get a star, man. But they got a lot of role players. And I think that's what they have. I think they have a lot of role players on this team. If the, if you put legit a legit roster that makes sense, I feel like a lot of the guys that are currently on this roster 
can fit into a role player role. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like Isaiah Livers, I think he can fit into a role and be a legit guy in a rotation. I think the same thing for Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart. I think both of them can be role players in a rotation if you ask them to be in their role. So, and then whoever they draft this year, I, they have the 31st pick in the second round. That's basically a first round pick. Maybe they can get someone right there that can just be a role player moving forward. There's nothing wrong with that. As you can see how key some of these former Pistons that are role players, how, how important they are to another team once you actually have a star. And the Pistons have that. They have Cade. They have Jane Ivey. They have Jalen Dern. They're going to have another top pick. So they, they should figuratively have a star and a top end of the, of, the, of the roster. They should have their top end. Now they just need role players that fit and can play a role that you want them to do. As you can see from former Pistons, I think they have that with this current team. So, um, Oh, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie is another guy that I did not mention. I, I completely. Oh, and Chris Milton. I forgot a few guys. Chris Milton, Spencer Dinwiddie, both guys who, I mean, both those guys are probably a little bit more. Chris Milton more so or more than just than a role player. But Spencer Dinwiddie is a high-quality starter, I'd say. So, yeah, that's just my overall point that I want to talk about this. You see a lot of former Pistons that have found a role and contribute for contending teams. I just don't don't be too quick to push guys out that that aren't stars or didn't live up to pre-draft hype that could contribute with for a roster with with stars and legit guys ahead of them where they can just be role players and they can fit in a role because uh, there's nothing wrong with that and every team needs it and if you already have it why why move on from it so they have to improve a lot of the guys on the Pistons team Livers Stu Killing they still have to improve to get there but I think that's what their future is and I think they could get there with the Pistons so uh, that was just my overall what I wanted to talk about in the final segment but that's all I've got for you guys today thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day we're free and available on your podcast platforms hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel leave us a five star review whenever podcast platform you're listening to this on and until next time I'll see you guys later enjoy the NBA playoffs and until the next time peace out <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.